Podcast Markets with Sean Hackett. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Tractor Zoom Delivering Insights. If you're looking for a great product to go out and track what's going on in the auction market, go out and check out Tractor Zoom's Iron Comps and uh, use Moving Iron at checkout and you'll get a little discount there that come along with that. So Sean, how you doing this morning, man? I'm doing great. Looking forward to uh, an exciting and wild uh, 2021. I, I don't think we're going to have any trouble coming up with content this year. I'm going to so. agree with you. I'm going to definitely agree with you. <laughs> Sean is a uh, financial advisor with Hackett Financial out of Boca Raton, Florida, and he comes on once a week to talk about uh, all kinds of stuff. And speaking of crazy stuff, they had a few uh, few crazy things happen yesterday. Um, unless you've lived under a rock, you saw what happened at the uh, in the uh, U.S. Capitol yesterday, and so it's uh, a lot of crazy things happen there. And uh, quite frankly, it's a pretty sad day for America, as far as I'm concerned. But with that being said, you know, as you take a look at the markets right now, Sean, do you see any big reactions to what happened yesterday? I'm sure the outside markets are going to have a bigger reaction than the uh, actual commodity markets are, but what are, your, what are your thoughts on that and what do you see happening because of it? Well, as, as sad, I agree with you, as sad as that sort of thing is, um, uh, from a humanitarian uh, perspective, it doesn't really impact the markets too much. What really impacts the markets are what are the policies of the Biden administration going to be? Um, what is the impact of those policies to the U.S. dollar, and you know what are those policies are going to mean for agricultural policy? And I think those three factors are really the key to what's going to impact our ag markets. Um, you know, riots and, and and anger, and you know we've been seeing these kind of riots all over the country in different manners for for a while. Those. Those are sad. Those are disappointing. Those are not great for our country. But what the Biden administration is actually going to put forth with policy is going to really be the key. Um, and of course, weather. You know, we talk a lot about weather on your program, Casey. Mm-hmm. And of course, weather is going to be really the number one driver here. And um, you know, we see it becoming uh, far, far more impactful than even the last uh, couple of years have been. So. Yep. Yep. That's uh, the weather situation shaping up to get. Uh getting a little bit stronger indicators that we're going to head into a into more of a drought situation than we saw a continuation of the drought situation we saw coming out of last summer um so we took about a two-week hiatus here going over the holidays and just uh kind of took a break from what was going on but the uh the corn market sure didn't take a break on on going up you know so now i think we're looking at uh i don't have my quotes right in front of me but yesterday i think december corn closed up around that 440 range if i remember right um so I mean, obviously, the March contract's almost five bucks, and if you were had a crystal ball that could see what was coming, you would have you would have held till right now and then sold your corn now. But not too many people have done that. So I guess as you take a look at that corn market with all the outside pressures coming on, plus we got the January report coming up next week, uh, that WASD report that could actually could shake things up quite a bit based on some of the basis that I've seen kind of floating around here in the Midwest. Um, what's your thought on the corn market right now? And, and and are we are we headed to six dollar corn? I guess is what I'm asking. 
Well, as you know, Casey, our recommendation has been to store as much corn as you possibly could through this entire period of time and only sell the bare minimum to keep your fund, your operations funding. Now, whether farmers listen to me or not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I can only suggest, but um, uh, holding cash corn has been a winner uh, this, you know, since August. And um, are we heading to $6 corn? Uh, I think the prospects are very, very good that we are. Um, when I look out ahead at South American weather, which is really going to be the key driver here in the near term, especially the second crop corn, safrina crop that gets planted in Mato Grosso starting in January and February, uh, I, our weather research does not look promising that that we're going to be seeing big production because this is the, the, the second crops are big production. That's the bigger crop. Right. That's the crop they export. Right. And um, we see a drought cycle. Uh, for Mato Grosso, we see a drought cycle because the planting for corn is going to be delayed because the soybean crop was delayed. It means it pushes further on into their summer and their seasonal drier period. It just does not look good, Casey, to me. Um, and so when I look out, you know, you know, I, I we can have a correction at any moment. You know, everyone knows, hopefully, understands that at any moment, for some reason, something can happen. You can get a break, but, but there's a shortage. I mean, when you have five dollar corn. In the nearby, and you have uh, 440 corn in the deferred. I mean, that's a shortage. That's telling you there's too much demand and not enough corn. We haven't seen an inverted market like this. Then to go back 10 years, the last time we had inversion like this. And you cash bases are starting to, you know, continue to get stronger. So all these are indications that unless South America has a bin buster corn crop, you know, I think we're we're on our way to to, to that higher level. Um, you know, come the springtime. And remember. Uh, corn acres are going to, it's going to be difficult to get corn acres to grow at the level they probably need to because soybeans are just screaming to plant soybeans. Right. Um, And and, and I guess where where we are at, Casey, is, you know, the core acres, the core ground, they have rotations. Um, They do a lot of preparation work, but the fringe acres, that South Dakota, North Dakota, you know, take Mm -hmm. the fringe acres. uh, We think it's going to go all soybeans. Because it's cheaper, the price is fantastic. They can grow decent soybeans there and make money. Uh, and we think those corn acres that we've been getting a lot of over the last few years from those regions are going to be gone. So, so it's going to be very hard to get corn acres sufficient. And if we're halfway correct about an escalating drought cycle uh, for the for this coming spring summer in the U.S., you know, it, it it's it, we think it's a pretty reasonable prospect to suggest that that. Um, that's a possibility here. Um, in fact, it, you know, could even be higher than that. Um, yeah. So, so I guess what we're trying to say, Casey, is if you're a cash buyer of corn, you know, if you're a livestock producer, if you're a dairy producer, if you're an ethanol producer, you know, you just need to make sure you're, you've got enough coverage going into the fall uh, because, you know, we, we could be looking at, you know, a, a substantial escalation of price far beyond what we're even talking about today. You just want to make sure... You know, you don't get caught having to buy seven, eight dollar corn like you did ten years ago. Um, that's just not going to work in a, in, a, in a livestock operation for very long. So, we really, we really, you know, you just have to make sure that you have enough. Prices are up a lot, but they're still not too bad. Especially new crop corn at four forty isn't that bad compared to where prices could be going if this drought cycle we're talking about plays out. Yep. Yeah, that's a. Uh... <clears throat> 
Let's talk about that drought thing for a minute. All right, so we've got we've got the drought situation that we see happening. Obviously, it's developed and it is full bore um, in South America, um, especially in Argentina more than than Brazil. Brazil's still struggling. Take a look at a drought map now, and I, I think they've they switched my neck of the woods from dark maroon to black. I think is where where we're at now. So it's the the drought situation is getting stronger, especially across the the western part of the U.S. Where I live out here in Scotts Bluff, our average rainfall is somewhere between 12 and 15 inches a year, I think, if I remember right. So, I mean, you miss one rain, you're in a drought, I think. So it's it's a situation that we've seen. But that being said, um, we've had some snow come through here. Um, we've had um, a few six-inch snows, those kind of things. But unfortunately, the snow that fell... Um, wasn't wasn't very rich in, in moisture it was it was pretty dry snow which I, sounds like an oxymoron but it's not i've actually seen dry snow and it's it'll blow your mind um, well, i was in west, i was in west virginia yep. and we had a foot and a half of snow and it was dry snow yep i've never seen because i'm from the northeast and we always have that wet snow right i mean i caught it, it just it you can't pack it together and, no. it, and it just like evaporates just like that mm -hmm. i mean it's really dry it's yep. dry snow it's amazing I've, I've used my leaf blower to clear my driveway more than i've used my <laughs> snow shovel this year so i just kind of yeah. give you an idea of what it's like but anyway so you take a look what's going on the subsoil subsoil moisture that we would typically see from the snow coming uh, it's just not not coming. We don't see the the snowfall in the mountains, which, for the surface irrigation folks, that's a that's a big it's a big problem. You know, I mean, they'll they'll uh, shut those those uh, those canals off before they uh, need to, just because of lack of water. You know, so I guess as you start taking a look at the drought thing, um, I have my concerns about going into the spring, and that's a long ways away. A lot of things could happen, but. You've talked about it extensively on here since you know January of of uh, twenty about what we we're going to see coming into this. We've talked extensively about uh, what twenty one was going to look like going into the fall and then moving into to uh, the winter of, of twenty one or I'm sorry the winter of twenty two and what that's going to look like. So um, it really it really seems like this is shaping up to be um, a lot like what you described. Things are playing out exactly as we've been talking about, Casey. I mean, yep. we are seeing the signpost continue to verify that we're heading down this wild weather volatility path. Um, and, uh, you know, it's playing that way out. I mean, it is. And so when you look out at that prognosis into the spring of 22, summer of 22, and what's about to happen, not only here, by the way, but also elsewhere, um, you know, we're just, the shortages are going to get worse. The shortages are going to get worse, and so the question will be, you know, how how high the prices need to go to ration. So what would it go, so when we think, let's just take the corn market. When we think this through, you got to ration ethanol demand before feed demand. I mean, that's what they always. That's what, already we're seeing ethanol plants closing down again because the corn price is getting too high for them. So that's the first thing we have to do. Then the next thing is, you know, when do the livestock producers start liquidating their herd because they say, you know what, prices are too high and we're just not going to feed these animals anymore. We're not there yet, but that's the next phase, you know? And so um, the last two times that we've had to de ration demand, which was 07, 08, and 10, 11, 12, you know, $8, 7 $8 corn was the price that was able to clear the decks and, and allow for the market to, um, to handle itself. But the big difference this time is back then we did not have China in a serious shortage. They are in a serious shortage now, and their buying is very price resistant, meaning their prices are so high 
compared to U.S. price, that that their demand may continue to go well into these higher prices and not give us the slack that we had last time. So that's a different factor now that suggests that we might have to go even higher this time around to ration demand enough to get through this this patch before weather improves and we get a little a little breather. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. the, the the bottom line the bottom line with all of this is if you're in the livestock sector, if you're a buyer of grain, you just need to protect yourself. If you look out to December of 22, corn is at 407. Wow. That is insane value, Casey. If I'm a livestock producer and I'm looking at cash corn, I'm looking at potential hedging, 407 December 22 corn is insane value right now. Even December 21 corn at 440 ain't too bad. So so I guess the point is, you know, even though the nearby price, you know, if, if you missed that rally, if you, if you didn't catch that, you know, but you still have an opportunity in these deferred feed prices to do something smart. They haven't run away to the upside yet, but they certainly are going to if, if this weather plays out the way that we're proposing. So, I want to emphasize to make sure that last subdivisions look at those deferred values and get themselves in the right position to, to get through this rough patch. There's going to be a great period for livestock after this weather, this weather period ends and we get some better times and feed prices come down and the herd liquidation ends. You know, remember 13 and 14 when livestock yeah. prices took off, 23, 24, that's when you get the bubble in livestock prices and you want to participate as a livestock producer, but to participate, you have to survive this next 12 to 18 months. Right. So that's really important, really important to get their hands around that. So. Yeah, there's plenty. That's, that, that's what I'm, I'm paying attention to that as well. I mean, it's just these, these, these huge anomalies that we see happening right now that are, that are kind of driving that you put out, um, you sent a report out, um, back, Oh, a couple days ago. Actually, yesterday, two days ago, um, about the uh, the podcast you put out about the weather, yes, the weather um, information oh, that yeah, you have that there. Was, that was our global outlook, a uh-huh. global outlook for weather. We went over China, mm-hmm. we went over South America, we went over uh, the United States, and went over pretty a pretty detailed analysis of the factors that are at work and what we're anticipating to happen. And, and um, uh, I'm not, you know, I I, I don't put stuff out just because I'm trying to, you know, instill fear, but I'm just, I'm just letting everyone know what our work is suggesting. Mm -hmm. And China is in big trouble, big trouble that they're not going to have a good weather year. This coming season, it's going to be a very, very bad uh, planting season for them. Cold, wet, uh, late season frost for them. Kind of like what we're expecting in the spring of 22 for us, by the way. Um, And then they're going to go right into a drought drought cycle this year. No flooding like last year, but a drought cycle. So we see big, big problems for China. We think the shortages in grains for them is going to get worse, not better. Um, so, you know, when, when we, so when we just look at what's going on with all these important growing areas, we don't see anything happening that's going to provide the uh, uh, a buffer here. We just see the, the global weather thing getting really unfavorable and just escalating the shortage to the point where you know we could see a blow off top we think a blow off top could happen in the first half of 22 what a blow off tops mean when you get complete abject panic you know when you get that vertical move you get those limit up moves you get those give up moves where you know prices go to unimaginable levels and then and then the market places a top 
and then crashes and burns and you set a high for a few years. I mean, that's, we think we're moving towards that, you know, that, that, that moment in the first half of 22 and we're just in this escalation cycle. We call it the phase transition higher and that's why we're really emphasizing to cash buyers of grain, you know, this is not a time to be uh, hands off. This is a time to be very proactive and, um, and very realistic about, you know, what, what's to come. This is not a time to be thinking this is business as usual. It's not going to be business as usual. It has not been business as usual since right. August. So Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's some crazy stuff going on for sure, man. So there's there's plenty of, of uh, thing happening. So the one thing about going in through the through the rest of the winter here, we were talking beforehand, and it's it's freezing cold in Florida right now. It's like 50 degrees. So it's <laughs> it's just people are shivering to death. It's crazy, but nonetheless, our, 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 our tulip our tulip flowers are cringing right now. So. Um, I'm sure they're just came beside themselves but they have <laughs> but they've got you're talking about some some cold weather patterns that were going to come through my neck the woods which which i'm i'm super excited about um but the bad thing about it's not so the problem with the cold weather is not the cold weather part it's what it does to stuff when there's not a layer of insulation i.e snow that comes along with that um so you're talking about some polar vortexes coming through some of that thing. I guess as you take a look at those those situations and as they start to develop and grow, what is your okay, what's your thought pattern here in the next getting through this this uh, the rest of these winter months here? Well, you know, a month ago we put out a a forecast that we were expecting to see a, a big shift in the weather at the beginning of the year. That this warm pattern was going to start to shift. That we we're going to we were going to see a stratospheric warming event. That is when the atmosphere, uh, the stratosphere warms suddenly, and that destabilizes the polar vortex, which usually keeps the cold air mm-hmm. wrapped up in the, in the in the in the Arctic region. We said that our work suggested that that would start to happen. It is happening. We are actually see, absolutely seeing a stratospheric warming event. What we showed in our podcast two days ago was a, a, a computer model of what happens when it gets disturbed. It gets it gets wobbly and it, and it opens up, and you and this cold is allowed to spill out from the from the vortex. China right now is experiencing this. They're actually fifteen to twenty percent of their winter wheat crop is experiencing some form of winter kill right now as we speak. But what happens is that this vortex spins, and the and the the wobble continues, and now it's the part of the vortex that's open to the cold air coming in is going to start to shift from China over to the United States mid late month, and so we think that there's a significant opportunity potentially for that to spill in to the winter wheat belt, Casey winter wheat belt specifically uh, here mid-late month. And because it's been such a dry winter, and it's going to continue to be a dry winter, as you said, there's a very low snow cover and a lot of acres this year where normally that snow would protect. So we think that there's a potential for some, some winter kill events here in the U.S. Um, and we think this could continue, Casey. Like this thing's going to continue to offer these opportunities in Asia, Russia, and the U.S. for, for probably – a month between, let's say, late, you know, mid late January to mid late February before it might calm down. And so the winter wheat market is really, you know, could get clipped by this. Remember, we went in with, we have a very, very dry winter wheat area in the US, a very, very dry winter wheat area in Russia. Um, and they're in very poor condition. Just to give you an idea, 15 to 20% of the acres that were planted in Russia ha- is not 
merged, is not going to emerge because yeah. it was so dry, it didn't come out. So when you have very poor stands and you have very poor quality or uh, very poor condition wheat and you don't have snow cover and you get winter kill, the impact is amplified from normal. So, you know, we just think, you know, once again, everything that can go wrong is going wrong. And and that's and that's just seems to be what the cycle we're in right now. So we would really pay attention to this for special winter wheat. We think there could be, uh, you know, we think it'd be a market mover here. We could think it'd be a market mover here. Yep. And kind of explain some more of the stuff that we've that we're talking about here. Um, Sean and I did a interview with uh, Dr. Valentina Zarkova, one of the leading um, astrophysicists that are that studying uh, grand solar minimums and, and what she sees happening there. And she's got she was kind enough to come on and, and do a, do an interview with us. And uh, it's about going to be a two parter. So Sean and I will we'll get those out here. Um, I'm going to start cutting them up here and we'll have it out uh, hopefully part one out this week and next week we'll have out i'm sorry yeah next week we'll have part one out and following we'll have part two out so um and then we'll have a part three as well where we kind of talk about some some co2 things and 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 some myths and misnomers that that are that are being tossed around out there so sean great stuff as usual folks want to reach out to you get more information about what it is you're doing um maybe find that podcast out there what's what's the best way to get a hold of you and find out what you've got going on there at hack financial uh, the website is Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. Like I said, we have a lot of uh, interviews and sample reports and such. If they wanted to see that uh, global weather outlook that we put out two days ago, um, you know, we always are, are, are glad to offer them to your, uh, to your listeners. So if they, if they want to see that, you know, they could just shoot us an email at Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com, and we'll be glad to send out, you know, get that podcast out to them. It's a, it's a pretty detailed overlook of what weather is likely to take place in the next, uh, you know, year uh, globally, and um, it, it should offer a good uh, template for those that are uh, in, in the ag business right now. So Right on. Well, I am Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you're going to find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast when they come out. Also, any blog posts I have as well. Also, check out movingironllc.com. That's going to give you all the information um, for the podcast as well as the blogs that get posted. Also, all the information on the Moving Iron Summit that's coming up uh, September 15th through the 17th. Uh, We had to move those January dates just because of COVID, but here in the fall, hopefully things will be better. I'll look, check that out for all the for all our latest information. I will have all the latest uh, room links and those kind of things all posted. So um, you can start booking your rooms now. Sean will be there, um, and actually it's going to be a, a pretty timely event for him. Um, we're going to be talking about that September time frame leading into that fall of 21, which we've talked so much about, and a lot of things could be taking place at that time. So I'm looking forward to that, Sean. Me too. It's uh, it'll be extremely timely, and we'll be we'll be right in the thick of this uh, serious you know weather uh, volatility period, and uh, so I it couldn't be better time for really providing pertinent and actionable information on on this weather phenomenon that's really going to impact the winter of twenty one twenty two. So it's uh, looking forward to it. Yep, yep. Me too. So another thing as well. Um, if you are in the equipment business or own a piece of equipment, make sure you use ironcomps.com. Uh, their information they have there, go subscribe to that service. I use it a lot. Um, you're going to get a, a lot of great information about what's going on. And um, 
there's a lot of things happening in the equipment marketplace right now. A lot of trend lines that are starting to develop where there could be some pretty heavy um, implications for some things by uh, by spring just because of what we see happening with commodity prices and um, the volatility in, in trading equipment uh, and upgrading. So um, highly highly recommend anyone that's interested in, in what's going on in the equipment market space to check out ironcounts.com. Use moving iron at checkout and you get a discount. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Sean Hackett. Let's go move some iron, folks. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron